0: Hi, I'm Anthony, and I'm Josh, and welcome to 52 in 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and do a podcast about it. Today, we're going to be talking about two movies that we recently saw. One of them is Hail Caesar, the new Coen Brothers movie, and then the other one is Pride, Prejudice and Zombies. Um, Yeah, so I think we're going to do an all spoilers podcast, I guess. We're not going to have a spoiler section because I think Josh and I don't really feel that either movie has spoilers that we can talk about or that you would be um they're,
1: they're not they're not substantial enough to make it their own yeah, of the podcast and we can talk around them
0: yeah absolutely so yeah so if you haven't seen these two movies and you don't want to know specifics i guess and don't uh go forward but I, I would say pride prejudice and zombies even if you haven't seen it it probably is going to be a good discussion from us because We just really had no idea what was going on uh, or what the story was. So we had a lot of fun during that. So I think we're going to start with Hail Caesar. I don't know if you want to give kind of a synopsis of that, Josh, basic plot-ish, what the tagline description story is maybe. Well, I I didn't really learn a ton about it. I I really love the trailer for the movie.
1: And so I had one idea of what I thought the movie was going to be going in. And it wasn't exactly that. But there's really not a lot of a plot, which might have been one of the things that kind of caused me to have an issue with it, the movie follows around Josh Brolin's Eddie Mannix, who is the head of a pr- fake production studio in early 1950s Hollywood called Capital Pictures. And the movie is essentially about him just going around trying to deal with different issues at his movie studio. And if you've seen the trailer, and it was a great trailer, and my expectations were probably a little too high for the movie because I really just enjoyed watching this trailer so much, but it looks like it's going to be kind of a heist movie where... Josh Brolin's character might have to get a bunch of people together to go find George Clooney's character named Baird Whitlock, who is kidnapped. And I thought, all right, this will be funny. There'll be all these characters on a movie studio that have to come together to solve a problem. But it's much more wide-ranging and sprawling than that. And there's a storyline involving an actress played by Scarlett Johansson when she has an unexpected pregnancy. There's uh, another one involving... um, Uh, like I said, George Clooney's character getting kidnapped, and I'd say there's another... And then he has to kind of fight off the press about that, and then they kind of bring in uh, Channing's Tatum character, and it's...
0: um, A little confusing uh, at first uh, what his his role is. Yeah, what the point
1: is, but they all kind of come together a little bit, but not totally is what I'd say, but you get to kind of see josh bro and run around and try and deal with stuff and that's kind of the movie
0: yeah so it's really not that serious of a movie especially coming from the Cohen brothers it's basically like just they're having a lot of fun and they're kind of poking fun at hollywood and and studios and other things and it was fine i think i'll i'll say i mean i enjoyed the movie but i, I think josh and i would both agree that josh said earlier there really wasn't a like a a linear plot and it was just kind of scenes that happened and then at the end you're kind of just like yeah all right well i i mean if you're going in and you kind of know that and you're like okay i'm not getting this this full movie with with this ending that's gonna sum everything up then then you'll probably like it more i i did not not like the movie but as far as the coen brothers movie it's a little bit disappointing
1: well, their movies don't always necessarily uh, tie everything together Sure, all the time. That's uh, kind of something like Fargo does it very neatly, something like No Country for Four Old Men ends very abruptly. So you don't necessarily have to expect them to put a nice little bow in everything, but they just didn't see any of the storylines necessarily quite all the way through to a point where you were left totally satisfied with any of them, at least for my taste. I know a lot of people like this movie. It did well with the critics. And... Um, I didn't necessarily hate it, but I would have liked to have gotten a little more. Just maybe, maybe cut out one of those storylines and just fully develop a couple of the others. Because I, I don't know, some of the stuff I thought maybe I was supposed to be enjoying a little more, I just didn't really care about. I think one thing that was maybe in there uh, to really just purely entertain people was the the dance the dance number with Channing Tatum. And I don't know, there are a couple points where I was like, wow, this choreography is really impressive, and they're good at dancing, but. I don't think that was – it just felt a little, um, a little subdued for me. I don't know. It was a little weird. They were dancing, and it felt like maybe there just wasn't a lot of background music, and that was it. I'm not sure, but it just felt like it wasn't quite as uh, rollicking as maybe I would have thought it would have been.
0: Yeah, I think just the point in time it came in the movie too, it was just kind of random. It just it just happened, and it was kind of after like a serious kind of moment because – Josh Brolin is having to like get this ransom money together. And then all of a sudden it's all these Navy sailors in a bar dancing around for a little bit too long. I'd say too, maybe it was a little yeah, bit it, of it a went, long it went, scene it went on for a while. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did not enjoy it, but I definitely noticed when it, I was like, all right, I, I think I got the point of this yeah. scene. We can move on to something else. And and the other thing that's weird about it is since it's so long and it's so like there and you have to notice a scene and then you're sitting there the rest of the movie like wait why was that scene even in the movie and then there's like one scene at the end that's like okay i get why that's important but it also was just well and the stuff they reveal at the end which is probably one of the only spoilers
1: that we won't reveal here kind of put that dance scene in a slightly different context and um yeah just because they're in, in a way just based on how how masculine they were trying to make that whole scene come off because these sailors are really talking about i want abroad i want abroad i want abroad and um yeah and they're trying to make some kind of statement about just how manly all these guys are and i guess that's kind of the point of the scene but it just seems really out of out of not out of another movie, but just out of that specific uh, storyline at the time, it just seems kind of thrown in there. And I don't want to dwell too much on it, It just felt like one of the areas that was really designed to be fun for everyone. And I didn't necessarily think I was having quite as much fun in that point as I should have. There's an amazing scene when they're talking about um, the production of one of the movies and how it's gonna have a a religious context. And uh, Josh Brolin has to bring in a a Protestant minister, a Catholic priest, uh, rabbi, and is a a Muslim guy? Uh, yeah, I'm not I, sure. I, I, can, I no, don't remember. I think, remember. No, I think, I think they're so. all people that had some kind of connection to Jesus. Yeah. I just can't remember what the fourth one was. Yeah. But he has a discussion with these four religious leaders about how best to portray Jesus in the movie. And um, I don't, I'm don't. i actually not always the biggest fan of the Coen Brothers comedy. Uh, I'm just not a big O oh, Brother or Arthur fan. I watched Raising Arizona for the first time last week. A Serious Man I watched for the first time last week, and it's kind of a comedy, but much more dark, and it's just I think I like their dramatic stuff a bit better, but I just laughed at that scene probably more than I ever have at anything in any of their movies. So there is stuff a lot of stuff in this movie I liked, and I liked watching all of the performances. I just thought maybe you guys could have done a little bit better job of telling a story, but if that's not what they set out to do, that's fine, and it's my fault for expecting something different, also.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess I would agree there. It's just kind of like a lot of scenes put together where they're fun and they're entertaining and I don't know I I don't think I had as much fun as I guess they wanted me to have if they weren't going to tell that like deep serious story it was I definitely laughed like I had a couple like really hard laughs and whatever but I don't know I I guess I kind of just wanted it to be funnier if it wasn't going to be as serious or or plot driven I guess as it as it as the trailer kind of told us it was going to be.
1: Well, I agree, and the thing from the trailer was it, it didn't make it seem like it was going to be... It made it seem like it was going to be fun, but more focused. And from the trailer, I what got me into the theater was this cast. And I, I would have seen it anyway because it's a Coen Brothers movie, but part of what made me excited was because it had this cast. And it's a rather deceptive marketing campaign, I'd say, because a few of the bigger names in there just don't really have much to do, and they just threw them in the trailer because why not if you have a movie star in your movie? But the thing that was like kind of concerning about the trailer is I see this guy named Alden Ehrenreich, and I'm like, who the hell is this? Why is he with? The, why is he getting top billing along with all the other people? Are they just trying to really show us what we can make anyone entertaining in a movie? And I was very skeptical going in, and even the first couple times this guy shows up, he's playing this young movie star, and I'm like, is this guy just a bad actor? Is he supposed to be playing someone that's just kind of stupid? And then you kind of get the idea, wait, he's really playing stupid, and he's really good at playing stupid, and he and he, he kind of steals the movie, and that's probably the best part of the movie that we haven't mentioned, aside from those couple scenes that we liked, is that they got this kid who, I guess he's done a few smaller movies before that people have seen based on what I've read, but I had never seen him in anything, and uh, he was hilarious. And yeah, he was awesome. So I laughed at him, and I laughed at that uh, religious leader scene, and aside from that, probably just didn't laugh quite as much as I should have been, but... Uh, he was the best part of the movie, and he goes away for a while, and maybe they should have just uh, – like, maybe a more focused – because I think one of the interesting things about this that they, they, they get at some with him, but not totally. is just how different these studios ran way back in the day, and I'm still learning a little more about them, but it was – back then, it, like, you, like an actor is assigned to a studio. And nowadays, actors can go do an independent film. They go do a big-budget film here or another big-budget film there. But back then, you might sign, like, a 10-movie deal with a studio, and you're just stuck to that studio for the next eight years or something like that, and they kind of control your life. And it would have been funny to see that kind of weird uh, employment practice made light of in the way that the Coen brothers could. And they did it a couple times, but maybe just a story that kind of focuses on that aspect of it a little more as opposed to and I laughed at some of the stuff that George Clooney goes through, but maybe you don't need as much of that, or maybe you don't can just cut out the Scarlett Johansson stuff as much as I like seeing her and stuff. But it would have been cool to kind of make fun of just the way old movie studios functioned in some of the ways that they were supposed to function that seem very archaic now, as opposed to just saying, oh, wow, here's all of this stuff going wrong, and we're just going to jump around from scene
0: to scene. Would that it were so simple, Josh. I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> Uh but yeah, no, I would agree. Alden was was great and the scene he had with Ray Fines was just fucking awesome and yeah, I, honestly I could've I could have watched another ten minutes of them saying the same words over and over and over again. And I could have too. And I think similarly George Clooney with his captors was really funny too in the and just them explaining sort of their goals to him and him being a willing captor and wanting some of the ransom money and and all that play i thought like that dumb, was pretty he's good too. Enough, he's dumb yeah, but he's smart yeah. enough to ask for the ransom money and yeah, then it catches yeah. them off guard. and it was pretty interesting so i think they did a really good job with some of it but the rest of it was kind of just like blah and you know it's just a movie and you're just watching it and you're kind of just neutral on it and and that's better than being bad i guess but I don't know. Maybe I just wish it was a little more ambitious in that sense, too.
1: Yeah, like I said, I think it would have been cool if they had told a more focused story, but like now that I'm thinking about it, if I go back and think of each individual scene, I'm not thinking of a ton of stuff that I would have just completely done away with. Sure. Or, or stuff that I'm just like, I didn't like that scene. There's a couple that I thought, eh, maybe not, um, but I, I could have done without that, but for the most part, I'm not thinking of a whole ton of stuff. I would have just been like, that's definitely something terrible I wanted to get rid of, but i think it's just it was so much of it was so it was just too it it maybe bit off a little more than it could chew for my taste but other people that just wanted to go be entertained and weren't and maybe weren't expecting some tightly told story from beginning to end um it sounds like those people were came away completely satisfied so good for them it just wasn't quite as good as i was hoping for for me for what i wanted
0: yeah no I, i would agree um do you have, do you really have anything else you want to add to that, or? Um, I really like Tilda
1: Swinton. I mean, really, I
0: kind of thought she was kind of worthless in the movie. Like, I don't know, it wasn't. It was there for a comedic effect, and it wasn't it, funny though. to me, really.
1: Okay, well, I laughed at that. Yeah, no, that's she's fine. Good. Um, she plays. Well, I don't even know if I want to give it away because it's a fun. Yeah, yeah it's it's, yeah. it's it's fun when you figure out exactly what, what she's doing in the yeah. movie. Yeah, like so. I mean, I enjoyed a lot of the performances in this thing. I just wish the. I just wish it had been a slightly different told story. And I think it. I'd really love a differently done version of this movie. Um, but yeah. So I don't want to like rank all the Coen Brothers movies. There's too many of them. I'm, uh, I'm kind of curious. Like, do you have like a top three at least? No country. For me, uh, for me it's probably No Country for going Inside by <laughs> Davis. Um, uh yeah, Leon Davis a good. I still have, good. I, I still need to go back and watch a couple other things from the 80s. I just didn't know if you had like strong enough opinions on them to no, make no, any kind no. of No. I mean, anything, No Country
0: is one of my favorite movies of all time, but otherwise I don't I mean, I they're great filmmakers what you, whatever, but um,
1: What do you think about Josh Brolin in Hail Caesar as opposed to just other stuff I you've liked seen him. him. I like Josh so Brolin stuff. a
0: lot. I mean, we've seen we talked about him a little bit last year during Everest, um, and Sicario. Everest, I mean, we Sicario. didn't do a podcast on Everest. We no, we didn't. But like, I talked um, about it a yeah. little on the year-end pod. I, I like Josh Brolin a lot. So um, sometimes
1: I think he doesn't do a lot. But like in the last year, it's like, I, even if I didn't love what he did in Everest, I think it's, I've seen more range from him than I previously really thought he was capable. Yeah, of, no, no, you know, no I'm, a,
0: I'm a big fan. I thought he did well. Uh, I thought they, they they gave him some some subtle stuff, which was nice. That some of the other stuff was just kind of unnecessary with the job offer, etc. Um, but no, I, I like Brolin a lot. I thought he was pretty well cast. All right, yeah, I, I thought he was pretty
1: good, too, and I just want to say I've been enjoying him more in the last year than I did the previous however many years I'd followed yeah, him. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Good well, for him. He's yeah, like yeah. kind of their muse, and it's good for him that he's gotten in with them because if you can get in Coen Brothers, movies good for you.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so I think we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to talk about Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Hashtag PPZmovie. All right, so we're back now. We're going to talk about Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Uh, Right before this, we just had a discussion about Hail Caesar. So if you're interested in that, go ahead, go back and check that out before this. So this movie, Josh and I got to see an early screening of it actually a couple weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago now. Yeah, it was like going to Fort Knox. Yeah, we really didn't have any idea. Um, So Josh had his birthday a couple weeks ago, and, and I saw that this was... Uh, available for free screening. So I s- sent him a tweet with a picture. I said, hey, Josh, I got you a birthday present. It's tickets to Ryan Richards and zombies are free. And I didn't even know if we were actually going to go. I had no idea, like, anything about this story, and neither does Josh really. We, neither of us have ever seen the original movie. Um, I don't. I definitely haven't read the book. Um, I didn't even know it was
1: a book. I just knew it was a <laughs> new movie with Kira Knightley like 10 years ago. Apparently yeah. there's been like a bunch of different versions of the movie yeah. and there's been the book from however long ago that was written so, so yeah it has a, mytho- a mythology behind it that we were totally unaware of yeah, before so, we saw so we thing.
0: went into the theater right and we've been to a couple screenings and it's been fine so we walked in, and apparently this shit was fucking serious. You were not allowed to even bring your cell phone into the theater. Yeah, you don't want to mess with Sony. You had to put it in a bag if you were bringing it even into the theater, or you had to leave it in your car. I wasn't
1: about that bag life.
0: Yeah, so we both just took you back out to the car. I had no idea, like it was going to be that serious. So, and we got there and it was packed too. (laughs) I'm glad Josh, Josh said he was going to get there early. And I was like, dude, I don't, I don't think you need to get there early. I don't think people are going to watch this movie. (laughs) Cause it looked totally
1: ridiculous in the trailer. Yeah. You were giving it a chance, but we didn't think other people would be so uh, open.
0: Yeah. So we went in there, it's packed and the popcorn line is long and the line to, you have to get scanned every time you walk in by the, the metal detector security guys and everything. Um, so it was pretty crazy. So, so I, honestly, like, we had no idea what to expect, and they had this this l- rather long opening sequence, um, which is pretty interesting because they actually the whole trailer is basically the opening sequence, I guess, which is pretty good because it doesn't give away the rest of the movie, thankfully. Because um, I wasn't sure what to expect, I was kind of disappointed right at the beginning because I was like, I've seen this already in the trailer. Uh, I know what's gonna happen. Whatever, but it it ended up being being bring really solid intro, and it it gave us a peek into the world, and I guess this new world that was created um, by the filmmaker.
1: Yeah, it's based on uh, it's, a book too. Well,
0: no, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm saying like this adaptation yeah. of this of this world and. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't really know where to start. I guess, I mean, we both fucking love this movie. It was great. So when when we say we loved it, and I did like it,
1: I'm just trying to think of the best way to uh, characterize this movie. Because it's not like exactly, it's not high quality cinema, but it's still like highly entertaining. But I think it's still something that was like a better level of execution than The Fifth Wave, which we also like.
0: Yeah, so this is the way I characterized it a couple weeks ago is... this movie more than any movie i've seen recently knows and sticks to exactly what lane it knows it's supposed to be in and knows what kind of movie it is and it's so self-aware the whole time and it just it works so well like the comedy is great some of it is even cliche and i hate that stuff and like with the love triangles and with people being in relationships and this forced relationship of the of the early 19th century stuff and it was it was awesome like honestly it was so well done and so like aware of what its purpose was as a movie and it, I really just liked it a lot. So
1: for those of you that like us are still very skeptical about this, cause I don't blame
0: <laughs> someone if they are. I had a friend on
1: uh, Twitter. It's like, wait, that was actually good. I'm like, I promise, like take my word. And I thought maybe the reviews would back me up and they would see it the way we did. Unfortunately, it's coming in below 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. We weren't sure if we we're going to do a podcast on it at first. Cause we had so many already um, in the queue, but we feel like we need to do our part to make yeah, sure people, yeah. people go support it. Aside from just sending out some tweets and, um, Pride pride and Prejudice I guess because it's really just it really is that literal it's Pride and Prejudice and they just add in zombies From because <laughs> I've gone back and like looked at it and it's like all the same characters from yeah, yeah. Like the other movies there's, there's a Mr. Bennett played by Tywin Lannister who Charles Dance baby yeah, so he he wants to marry off his daughter as people are want to do in old time or I guess well I kind guess of the, his wife the, wants the mom to, is more into yeah. that and as old parents are like want to do in these old time types of movies and uh they're going to like the ball to try and meet some dudes
0: yeah some new wealthy young gentlemen moved into town you've seen
1: them uh kind of you've already seen them armored up and you kind of know the world they live in it's just they're kind of concerned about finding a man but they also are there to kind of kill zombies because they've gone (laughs) off and trained in uh, asian countries to learn how to be badasses and all the all the girls are badasses in this movie they know how to they know how to fight with swords and punch people kick punches, zombie yeah. ass so they're it's just on the way to go to the ball they're kicking zombie ass and uh, at the ball they see my favorite character in the whole entire movie mr darcy and he's uh he he he, he likes to and my, my favorite example of just how self-aware the movie is and why it's so good is that mr darcy is just this weird looking dude that i i would say i wouldn't say he's traditionally it's like they're reacting to him like he's just uh like a male model and he's just such a weird looking guy with this weird hair that goes all the way down his forehead. And, he has a weird scowl on his face all the time but they're just so
0: taken by him yeah. and, and this my, guy likes- my description of him during the movie I, I turned to Josh and said this guy's an emo Kylo Ren and the chick next to him was like oh my god my friend just said that too no yeah. no no so that
1: was funny and this guy
0: keeps just talking to, like all the
1: all the sisters are very attractive and this guy just keeps talking about how oh well my friend got the one girl and all the rest are just ugly and he keeps saying that throughout like the first half of the movie and obviously like we're smart enough as an audience and this. These are very beautiful women and this this like um, grungy looking fellow just keeps talking about how unattractive and how unappealing they all are. and it, obviously the film knows that we know that he's being ridiculous and I just got getting a kick out of that the entire time because I don't know it's just this actor, I mean maybe he actually is a better looking guy than they made him look for this. He doesn't really look like that in his IMDB picture. And it's just funny, just hearing him be completely ridiculous throughout the whole movie, and just look totally emo, and but then say, "I'm too good for all these girls." Yeah. And I just, I, I just couldn't get enough of it. It was hilarious.
0: It's yeah, it's like schoolyard shit with little kids, and they're like, "No, I don't like this girl. I don't like this girl," and it's like they're just being rude to the girl because they like him so much. And it's just, it's the same exact thing that happens here. And later on in the movie, he's like, "All right, actually, I love you," and it's like, "Wait, what? Yeah, okay." So, uh, uh, so.
1: The main character is Elizabeth Bennett, played by Lily James, who I'd never seen seen in anything before. I guess she's in um, Downton Abbey, which I've never, I might have to start watching I've never, now. I've Never watched a single <laughs> episode of it now, but if I um, maybe maybe after I maybe after this whole law school and bar exam thing's over, I'll take the time to go back and watch it. And probably because of her, because I don't really know anyone else in that. But <laughs> no. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed watching her, and that show gets a lot of awards that I wish would go to other shows that I watch. So maybe I should just go see what it's all about and. Um, she's really good. And, um, then she's, everyone's kind of saying she should go be with Mr. Darcy, which I'm assuming this is all the same kind of thing that happens in the book. I just don't exactly know what tears them apart in the book because there's no zombies. Yeah. But, uh, then a guy named Mr. Wickman, Wickham comes in. He's played by Jack Houston, AKA Richard Harrow from Boardwalk Empire. And he's kind of emerges another potential suitor, but he's also very mysterious. And, and that's one of the interesting things about this movie is that he, he he's ultimately suspected of being a zombie himself and it's kind of cool to see different ways I've seen zombies depicted in shows before because or in movies before because in The Walking Dead they're just completely useless and I know you don't watch that show and I gave up on it but the way zombies are in there it's just they're just uh, and you can kill them <laughs> and all they can do is try and eat you but they're not going to actually really show much strength and you're going to be able to subdue them quickly. In Zombie Land, they are they don't really say anything either, but they are badasses that jump over fences and stuff. And in here, they're just like the regular people, except they might look a little different on their face. And some of them can even hide that and think like a regular person. So it's a different dynamic in that it's kind of, um, or in a way, almost like the fifth wave where, um, where the bad guys are amongst you and they're kind of hidden at the same time. And you don't really know what's going on. And I thought that was, it's, it's kind of a fun dynamic to play out in a similar, similar way that I wish the fifth wave would have gotten at a little more. But here it's present more throughout, and I think the writing, while it's not written like the kind of a film that would win Academy Award, it's a, a little more self-aware and not quite as corny. And the acting is a little bit better than something like the Fifth Wave, which is something of this ilk that we also quite enjoy. But I think this was just executed a little better.
0: No, for sure, and I, I think um, so. Bella Heathcote is one of the, the daughters too, and she she was really good. Um, and then Douglas Booth plays mr. Bingley uh, he's probably really important I have no fucking idea uh, oh, you he mean was like in
1: the original version? yeah of yeah and yeah
0: um, and he was fine uh, Lana Hetty was great she has a uh, friggin a patch uh eye patch because she had lost an eye she's like the queen zombie killer in the in the town in the area and um, um, Matt Smith, yeah, that's, fucking you know, champ. That's, I forgot
1: to <laughs> mention, who Matt Smith, who um, I know is the the eleventh Doctor on Doctor Who. I haven't watched Doctor Who in a couple years, but I really liked him in that, and just had never really seen him do anything else. And he comes in, and all the pretty much all the women and all the men in this film are badasses at killing zombies. And then he comes in as another potential suitor for Elizabeth, um, Mr. Collins, I should say. And for whatever reason, he's just a wimpy dude that can't do shit. But he's just <laughs> so hilarious in just all of his wimpiness. And you just laugh every time he says anything. And, and he's a great and he's
0: so unaware while everyone else is, like, there. And he's just his, mentally, he's just in a different world. And it's, it just works really well. And he's basically the comedic relief. But...
1: And what's great about him is no matter how much uh, Elizabeth turns him down... He's like totally ignorant of the fact that he has no shot with her, but he doesn't yeah. like come back at her in a creepy way. No. He's just totally clueless, and Yeah. so it's hilarious instead of creepy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think he's even her uncle or something too. Or oh, I didn't. Really, I don't I, remember. I, it's been a couple
1: weeks since we saw it. I, yeah. I, if it got it something like that, I didn't quite remember.
0: Yeah, I think I think he might be like her uncle or something. And it's 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 honestly it's just great. And and I don't I don't really don't know how else to to persuade you to see this movie. So
1: a couple of criticism I saw. Some people said it should have been rated R. Is this movie a lot better in your book if it has bad language, a bunch of blood? And no, I think it's worse. Like you think it's worse? Yeah. Why is that?
0: I because it's like the perfect amount of like sarcastic and and uh lovey and I don't know. I don't know why. Why would it need to be more? I don't think I it don't needs know. to be I, more I, serious. I, I didn't need
1: it either, and I don't mind gore in movies. We talked about it yeah. a little bit on if our there ta- Tarantino There was still gore podcast. though. I I don't remember seeing a a ton of blood for a movie that's about to put it. There's also another thing that's really impressive about it was that we both liked it. We came away feeling fully satisfied. And there wasn't like for a movie of this kind, there wasn't as big of a battle scene or kind of climactic or just climax as you might normally think. Yeah, they they had to get away from some, there's some, there's a getaway and. I I don't want to spoil it too much. Should I, should I have said that? I mean no, I'm not that's giving fine. anything away. It's just no, no, no. it's just, just cuz it's not like a bad thing. It's just weird because there isn't exactly a momentous momentous battle scene at the end, but it doesn't you don't feel cheated yeah. and like you didn't get what you paid for at the same yeah, time. Yeah. It's
0: completely satisfactory. Like way over satisfactory. It's way worth paying 10 bucks to watch. And especially with the quality of movies that are out right now. I, I mean, I enjoyed this more than Hail Caesar, personally. I know yeah. that's what we just talked about.
1: Yeah, and I, I think when we saw we when we did the Fifth Wave podcast, we talked about something like, and this isn't exactly young adult. It's it's I'd say it's a slightly different genre than that, yeah. despite the fact that there are it is whatever is above young that, adult because it's a, it tells a little bit more than a, just a story about following some girl around that meets a guy. Even though there's a little bit of it, there's there's more to it than that. But at the same time. you you enjoy those movies a little more if you can just uh, you can appreciate that they're either self-aware or just not trying to make you take them more seriously than they are like I think that um, the Divergent movies kind of get to a little bit and here I think Anthony put it really well at the beginning and I just want to reemphasize that if you if you if you just watch the trailer and you think that movie looks corny and stupid, the movie knows it's corny and stupid so you don't they're not they're not trying to get you invested in a manner in which you're not going to end up appreciating the movie if you do like you don't have to take it seriously as some gritty drama about surviving the zombie apocalypse yeah. because it's more it's it's more something that at, it asks you to play. It asks you to kind of laugh at it at times, so it, you're, you feel okay just going at it from that perspective, as opposed to going into it you're, for something. Totally you're laughing serious. with it, not at it. Yeah, and then at the same time, you're, there's gonna be times where you laugh, I laughed at it a couple of times, so I laughed at it when I just saw Darcy's face, like, they were kind of, like <laughs> I might have been the only person in the theater laughing a couple times, and I, they just showed him trying to look really serious, and I just started giggling, and I was probably, people didn't you off, say
0: someone told you to shut yeah, up or the, something? I, I just kept laughing
1: at this guy, and the guy in front of me in the theater, and it wasn't like I was laughing over a bunch of dialogue, I was just, like, laughing at this Darcy guy looking like such a emo punk and the guy me t- turns around, and I guess Anthony was, I don't you were maybe just more focused on the movie, but this guy right in front of us <laughs> turns around, and He's like, you need to stop. And I'm like, and I, I wasn't going to start talking because then I would be the distraction, not this asshole. And he's like, you just really need to stop. And I just kind of looked at him and nodded, and he turned around. And I kept laughing the rest of the movie, but this guy got really mad at me. And I'm like, dude, I think this stuff is funny. Even the stuff I'm not supposed to laughing at, I'm laughing at, and not in a bad way. I'm, I mean, well... Yeah, that guy wasn't – he's not the greatest actor, but I just laughed at him, and he didn't ruin the movie for me with his acting. I just thought he was a funny-looking fellow, and I liked watching <laughs> him try and act all serious.
0: Yeah, no, and it's a nice change of pace to filmmaking with, like the, – the girls are the strong aspect, and they're fighting, and it's not about being a housewife and, and all that traditional shit. And and, and it's also like they – while the mom really wanted them to get married – and you kind of
1: got at this earlier when I misspoke. Like, They're not trying to totally take away the girls' agency, yeah exactly you need to go get a man yeah like one of the more problematic things for us um for mocking jay part two is when pete and gail are just sitting there and like she's got to pick one of us because the woman has to pick a man and yeah here like they show that the girls are totally capable of handling themselves and yeah do not need to go marry one of these guys like one of them really wants to and uh elizabeth but but elizabeth's more just like i'll do whatever i want and people eventually respect that which i think is nice even if that's not necessarily the main part of the movie. It's pretty cool that she gets to just do what she wants in yeah. 18th century England.
0: And one, one of the sisters is like, eventually you'll you'll pick a man and you'll give up your sword. And she responds with, "The right man would never ask me to put away my sword." And I think that kind of just basically sums up the writing of the uh, uh the, the like thematically, I guess how they how they wrote the female characters and everything. And I don't know. I really liked it. And Charles dance was very. Had a really good relationship with his daughters, which I really like to see. He wasn't in the movie all that much, but better parent than Tywin Lannister, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. It's just a very enjoyable movie, and it's been three weeks, and I, 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 I still feel the same way. I'm gonna be interested in. Uh, do you think that? Well, I guess a handful of the movies that we, we
1: put on the number of movies you've seen this year are technically from the the last award season before we did like our year mm-hmm. end, our year end podcast, but I I just remember complaining so much last year. Like when I first started going to all these movies with you, and I eventually realized I was going to be on pace to see 52 or more. We saw some real stinkers. Some of them were in the bottom of what we put in our rankings uh, last year. But yeah, I, I, it's kind of funny because a couple of these movies that we've gotten so much more enjoyment out of. A couple of these movies that haven't been like totally well critically received and. In the case of the fifth wave, it was almost as bad as some of the, like those from the critics, like as, like the gunman and unfinished business part and whatnot. But do you think just based on the early returns, assuming that like the fall movies are just going to be of a high quality because they usually are, we're shaping up to have a better movie year than we did last year just because there are still going to be a lot of the same superhero movies, including the next one, next one we're seeing in Deadpool. But at the same time some of these early year movies which is usually a dead time for movies have we really enjoyed them
0: yeah no I, I mean I think I've seen six or seven movies this year I think this is the, my favorite uh, honestly I think I've seen Concussion Sisters Carol Revenant Hill you Caesar better Revenant. And I, I did I, I, I enjoyed this movie more than I enjoyed Revenant despite the it's accuracy of the film I don't know if
1: I can say that like, I might have been in, I don't know I if, if I were to have to put those, I, I've seen seven, and if I were to have to put them in order, those they would definitely be the top two to this point.
0: Yeah, I, again, I mean, this movie is really fun. Uh, it's really well done. It's not that long. Uh, the just hot British chicks fighting zombies. I mean, I don't really know what else you want me to say. And doofy British dudes that are just funny to look at. Yeah, and
1: yeah, good good action scenes. Yeah, um, no, scenes. well they done were good for a movie that yeah. really like was done on a. It, it, and that's the other thing. One of the things I just thought the fifth wave looked really bad at times, and other times it looked okay. It looked bad, but this movie you could tell it didn't have the biggest budget, but it still made the most of like what it had. And I never thought I was um, quite looking at something that was just a kind of a ridiculous setting. Um, they with the they did they used their effects very well, and I was impressed with that. And it looked good. The acting was pretty good, and even when it wasn't good, I still like got something out of it because I got to laugh at it, and um, it wasn't just
0: like boring. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Go go, go see it. Don't be. It's like a forty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it should be eighty-two percent.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you guys would love to hear your comments, thoughts, discussion, anything, uh, you can find me on Twitter at clambake at a k l a m b a k e. And I'm at Josh Jornavoi, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-I. And if you guys want to email us, 52in52pod at gmail.com, 52in52pod at gmail.com. We'll get that email right away. We'll respond to you as soon as possible. Uh, I know we just had an email about our equipment, um, what kind of equipment we're using, microphones, uh, pop screens, et cetera. Uh, any questions you have, guys, like we'll answer them. We really want to... Get out there and 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 get some more feedback and and talk with you guys. Yeah, let
1: us know. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, guys, thanks for listening.